And I'm with my man, Paul Moore. It's nice to see you, man. Well, it's good to see you as well. And I've I've spent a lot of time here at the Bellevue Mall and throughout my, <laughs> my lifetime. Spent a lot of money, that's for sure. So my first time, this is a great setup. We've got an unbelievable stage. This presented by Bellevue Collection. If you don't know Bellevue Collection, it's part of the Lincoln uh, Square Mall also, uh, the collection here at the Bellevue Square. So um, big, big production, massive restaurants, uh, towers here for, for condos, you, you name it. So um, they've done quite the job here of, of creating an atmosphere for us. And uh, my first time doing a show on a couch as well. We're on a couch. We're lounging yeah. right now. Yes, We're lounging. Good. We're in the middle of the mall. It's a good scene right here. But uh why are we here? Talk a little football. Oh, thank goodness. Man, we got, you know who's coming in town. First, let's set the stage. Who's that? Russell's, Russell's gone. <laughs> Bobby's gone. All right, this is a new football team. Ken Norton is gone. You got Clinton Hurd at the OC spot. You got Carl Scott coming in. You got Sean Desai on one side of the football. Shane Waldron entering his second year as the offensive coordinator. A lot of change going on with this football team. And uh, the focus has been the quarterback position. We're going to see a nice little matchup on Monday, Paul. Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be huge. I mean, there's a lot of talk. You know, do you boo Russell Wilson? Do you cheer him? I'm just going to get out of the way. I think you cheer him initially. It just... You know, he did a you lot. Cheer, with, you cheer him during pregame warm-up. When he first walks out. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, cheer, a little, you know, splattering of, of, of applause. But, man, it's competition. He, right. He's the enemy now. He wanted to be traded. Uh, he went to another team. He's, he's, he's the enemy now. And, and you got to treat him like the enemy once the game starts. Um, I'm looking forward to this because I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of team we have. I, we don't know yet. We didn't play, really, we didn't play 13 starters for the most part through preseason. And a lot of people were frustrated, you know, maybe how the, the preseason went. But we're trying to get, one, who is going to play. Two, got to get these young guys ready yeah. to go. And we're going to be counting on young guys. So, I don't know, we may go 17 or no, and we have no <laughs> idea. But we also may be one of those, hey, look, we've just got to take baby steps right now. I mean, we're so young with, with a good nucleus, uh, what I call up the middle, you know, with the safeties. I think our middle linebacker on defense, I think we're going to be much better offensively than people think because I think our offensive line is going to gel. Um, we got a lot of depth there. we got great running backs, great receivers. The question mark is going to be on the quarterback, but I just don't believe that at the end of the day we're going to say the reason why we won and lost is because of the quarterback. Right. Everybody's got to do their job. We've got talent, and it's going to be interesting to see how these young guys respond to regular season because you know it's much different than preseason. But we've got talent. We've got good youth speed. Uh, I think guys who love to play football, and that's something that we needed to get back to, get guys who just they live and die by, by the game. Um, so I'm curious. I, nobody knows. Nobody we don't know. No, it's um, it's sad to see these guys go, right? It's sad to see some of the change that's happening, but it's also refreshing to see these new guys coming in. And you combine them with the old guys, with the DKs, with the Lockett, with Rashad Penny, see if he can prove himself. And then this offensive line, you got two rookie tackles that are going to start. You got one tackle, Charles Cross, who we're going to talk to a bit later. You also have Abe Lucas, go Cougs, my guy who uh, grew up <laughs> down in Everett, went to Archbishop High School. Yep. He's playing there, but you talk about the middle, and I focus on the middle of the field when it comes to the offense. The middle, you got Austin Blythe, right? He's a new guy here, but he's been in this league for a while. He can play. You got Damian Lewis. You got Gabe Jackson. You got Geno. Lots of pressure on Geno. You're following the greatest quarterback in Seahawk history, but we'll see what he can do. And then in the backfield, you got some veterans in Rashad Penny. And DJ Dallas, I got to show Dallas. him some love right now. He had one of the best preseasons two years in a row uh, for a backup running back. Well, I think this we have two years now where our draft picks have been, I, I think, exceptional, and we're going to count on them, both last year, and we're going to count on these guys this year. I mean, there's, we're going to start, it looks like, three rookies. One at quarter, uh, at cornerback, which, um, you know, that is... A little nervous? That, well, it's... His skill set's ridiculous. He's sick, I'm talking about Woolen. Um, he's six foot four. The guy ran a four two. You know, we just round it down. Four two forty in the combine. Um, he's a physical guy, uh, but he played. You know, in a conference that didn't have maybe the greatest competition. So it's a jump. Now he was phenomenal in preseason through practice and really the second and third preseason game. Even the first game, but he the, the first drive. You know, he he had a couple of mistakes. Gifted, oh man, there's no question about it. But man, the regular season, I, I don't doubt he has the ability to play. What I'm 
my what I'll be looking for is he's going to have some moments where he struggles. Right. He may get beat deep. He, I, I, it's going to be hard to beat beat him deep. Four two. He may get beat on a well, not any six four. Right. And he no one pulls away from DK Metcalf does not pull away from him in practice. So his speed is real. But it's the I gave up a twenty yard out. Maybe I blew an assignment. How do you recover it? Because the plays are so magnified during the regular season. Every play is critical. In preseason, it's not. And so I always look at rookies. You're going to get beat. You're going to struggle. But how do you respond to that? And so hopefully we get off to a good start there. I think both offensive tackles are going to do fine. And because we're going to run the football. And they both, I think, will do well there, even though I thought Charles Cross was is gifted and easy at pass um, um, protection as I've seen. I mean, he is really good. And by the way, we got him here live at 8 p.m. It's, that's going to be a fun interview. Yeah, so we talk about these rookies on offense and on defense, and then on defense, we got a new scheme that we're going to see. We're going to see a 3-4 defense. That means three down linemen, four linebackers, but typically you're going to see one of those backers walk up to the line of scrimmage. What I like about this new look, Paul, is that it allows these outside backers to be dynamic. You have to have dynamic guys to play this 3-4 defense on that on those outside backers. Last year, too many times Moyer, I saw 98 in the coverage. 90 something. Whenever 90-something is dropping in the coverage, that's no good for football, right? We don't want to see that, but with this new defense, we're going to see Muchina um, Nwosu drop in the coverage. We're going to see Daryl Taylor drop in the coverage, but we're also going to see them get after the quarterback. The way the league has moved to, okay, we're going to throw the football a lot. you got to have guys on that second level who can do multiple things. I like where this defense is going. Well, I liked how we just did pass coverage. Right. We weren't spot dropping like we've done the last few years. I, I just don't believe that you can play that type of defense anymore. You can do it on occasion, um, but this game is a quick game, right? So you better crowd things early, and so you want to make a zone look a bit like man-to-man where he's passing guys off. A lot of pattern recognition, and something I saw through preseason that we didn't do at all last year. Our Achilles heel on defense the last three or four years was play action, bootlegs, and particularly deep crossing routes. Man, I mean, through the preseason, we actually knew how to play those, and we played them tight, and so that was refreshing. Uh, I love us going to a 3-4 because it is easier to find guys who are 6'3", 250 that can run than guys who are six foot four, 300 pounds that can come off the edge. That's, yeah. th- those are pretty darn rare. And then, as you mentioned, what will be different this year is, look, you can't drop defensive ends and don't covers, do it man I, don't they're do not it. they're not in pass defense you know they don't understand pattern recognition and how to look up receivers and read a quarterback you're just you basically might as well just throw a dummy bag out there and say i hope you don't throw it to this 300 one. pounders aren't meant to be in space no they're not put them in the box and so now you got jamal adams who's going to play more in the box this year i believe than last year we played him more in the cover two as a safety i've always said this it's not that he can't do it he can it's just that's not his strength. His strength is in run defense, in the box, and the box just means around, in between the tackles or around the tackles, the, the line of scrimmage, um, and coming and bringing him off the edge. And so now you're going to have two outside linebackers. You're going to have Jamal Adams. You don't know who's going to come and, and blitz and drop into coverage. So it just gives them a lot more weapons t- from a schematic standpoint. And I think we brought some innovative coaches as well. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm really excited defensively what we can do. And I think we're going to be much better offensively than people think. All right, before we break, we got to talk about this real quick. The quarterback yeah. position, Russell is gone. He wanted out. He wants to go to Denver. You send him to Denver. You get Drew Locke to replace him. You also get Noah Fant. And you get Shelby Harris, right? Drew Locke, not here to replace him, but he was part of that deal. Gino won this job. And I think Gino won this job because, one, he took care of the football. He knows this system, and Pete Carroll trusts this guy. I feel bad for Drew Locke because he got COVID when he was going to get that start. Missed five or six days. He's behind the eight ball. He comes out. Seems like he forced a couple passes through some interceptions. Just didn't look good. Did you expect anyone other than Gino Smith to be the guy? Did you think maybe Drew Locke had a chance to win this? Well, when I saw the mock game that we did before preseason, uh, Drew Locke impressed me. I, he was, well, one, he's tall. He's six foot four. He he could see over linemen. He had some nice checkdowns. He worked all sides of the field. He worked the left side, crossing routes, checkdowns, hit the middle as well on, on some deep passes. So to me, look, he's got this skill level. I mean, he can flat out spin the football. It's just the, it's the critical decision-making that he's got to get better at. And I think, well, I know, look, Pete believes we can win with defense, 
running the football, and we're going to be good on both of those. And having a quarterback that, you know, takes what the defense gives them. Don't don't take sacks. I mean, Russell, again, God bless him, love him. You know, he led the league darn near every year in sacks. You can't tell me the offensive line was the worst in the league every single year. That's just not the case. And we're going to find out Monday very quickly. Real quick. Is it Was it the offensive line or is it Russell on the sacks? I think, you know, Russell was probably about half of that. And so I, we're not going to be in as bad of situations. I don't think we're going to come up second and 17, third and 14. Now, at the same time, if we do get in those situations, Russell had he had a way of getting getting through that. He could make the big play. But I, so it's going to look different because we're going to be more manageable situations, which I think Gino's more than capable of handling. You know what? That's a great thing. We will see you real soon, Paul Moyer, on Monday. But when we return, we'll get a opponent preview from Kyle Newman from the Denver Post. That's right here on Hawks Live. Kyle Newman. Kyle, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks Thank for you. um you for, for being on with us, man. First question I have for you. When Denver found out that this trade was going through and you were gonna have Russell Wilson, what was the vibe like over there in Colorado? Oh, it was hysteria, mania, mayhem. I mean, guys, it's been six long years since Super Bowl fifty, six years of not going to playoffs, five five losing seasons in that time frame. You know, the Vic Fangio era not kind to Broncos country around here with, with three straight seasons out of the playoffs and the offense struggling to score 20 points a game well all of a sudden you know one day in march that all changes and george payton of course he's been wheeling and dealing since uh 2020 early 2021 as the broncos gm you know he brings in nathaniel hackett now now broncos got russell wilson and it's a it's a reset expectations out here guys i mean it went from the last few years of, hey, maybe they can possibly scrap something together to this team should make the playoffs and this team should make a deep run in the playoffs. That's the expectation around here. And as we're going into, you know, week one, this highly anticipated homecoming for us in Seattle, expectations are even higher, it seems like, around Doug Valley. Well, that's awesome. You guys have high expectations. And Russell hit the ground running. I, what I really want to know is, has less ride? Has that caught on over there in Colorado? <laughs> What's up with that? You know, I think uh, Broncos fans are smart enough to know it's, it's his latest catchphrase. You know, it's the Denver version of Go Hawks, right? But, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of catching on. Now, of course, they haven't lost a game, haven't gone through any adversity yet. So it's right. still all peaches and cream with this new coaching staff, with Russ. And, you know, I think, obviously, Russ's kind of persona, and especially his persona at the the podium, his kind of coach speak, if you will. I know that rubs people the wrong way a little bit up there in Seattle, but it's not not rubbing anybody wrong quite yet down here in Denver, seeing as, you know, they're they're welcoming welcoming a Hall of Fame talent after, you know, last year at this time, it was, who's going to win the job, Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? And now they got uh, probably a future Hall of Famer helming things. And on a long-term deal here uh, in Denver through 2028, George Payton's latest and greatest move. We'll see how great it is over the life of the contract. But certainly uh, those within Dove Valley are pretty hyped that that deal got done. Well, I don't want to make this all about Russell, but it's it's obviously big news and you know for them to set it up for the first game on monday night uh it's it's going to be pretty electric and hey look we had a great 10-year run with them there's been some rumors that you know the seahawks thought it maybe some of his skill had diminished i i think it has to do more with the seahawks felt there was a way to win and russell felt there was another way to win so with that being said what i've heard some rumors that there's a different player coach relationship between hackett and wilson and some have referenced it as more of a partnership rather than a coach player what's your take on that what have you heard yeah i think you hit it right there on the head i mean in seattle russ and pete carroll obviously had different ideas of how the offense should be run and Carroll wanting it rooted in the, the run identity and Russ being like, no, put the ball in my hand. So I think out here in Denver, that's basically the relationship that Russ and Nate Hackett have cultivated here in the short time they've been together. It's, it's pretty clear that Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator Justin Allen, they're really going to put the, the game plan in Russ's hand. They're going to let him you know, be in charge of a lot of things. They're going to be okay with him going off script and rolling out and you know you saw even in some of these rosters decisions they made 
at the back end of their wide receiver room, they had a lot of competition for that final spot. But Jalen Virgil, an undrafted guy out of Appalachian State, made the team and made the team largely because of his wheels. He's a really fast guy, just like K.J. Hamler. He can take, take the top off the defense. And Nate, Nathaniel Hackett pretty much said it straight up. He said, hey, you know, Russell wanted some more speed on that wideout core and more speed he gets. So I think we're already seeing signs of it being a different kind of relationship between Russ and Hackett than uh, Russ and Pete Carroll. And, of course, you know, as you guys mentioned, ESPN story came out this week about, you know, the quote-unquote drama that led up to uh, the trade in March. And Russell Wilson addressed that today in Dove Valley. You know, he pretty much took the high road, but he said, yeah, there were a couple times that the Seahawks tried to trade me, including in 2018, uh, right around the draft to Cleveland. So, you know, this is obviously a relationship that was on the rocks before the trade. Russell finds himself, and he, you can tell he's a little re- reinvigorated and a little redetermined uh, to hear, especially after in that mm-hmm. story, you know, the Seahawks front office through anonymity basically say, hey, we think this guy is a quarterback in decline. Russell Wilson out to prove that otherwise. He say, hey, said, hey, my first 10 years were pretty good, but I still got a lot left to prove. And, and you could sense that kind of that fire from him today on the podium at Doug Valley. You know, you guys have, uh, where they had a heck of a running game last year. I mean, you know, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, you know, both, you know, very, you know, both over 900 yards. What do you, what is this offense going to look like? I mean, we didn't get to see anything in preseason. They've talked about they want to run it. Um, they talk about they want to play action it, um, take some shots downfield. To be honest, that sounds very similar to what the Seahawks have said for the last 10 years. What do you see different about this offense that Russell may transition to from what he was here at Seattle? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point, right? Because he, he, part of the reason he wasn't happy in Seattle, Russ, was because, like I mentioned, you know, Pete Carroll wants to run the rock and establish the identity around running the football. Well, he comes to a franchise, Russell does, where the Denver Broncos, their best seasons, they, their identity has been running the football. I mean, even in the John Elway Super Bowl years, you had Terrell Davis really setting the tone up front with uh, Tom Nalen, Mark Schlerlitz, all those guys, all those hog mollies up front. Well, now coming to Denver, kind of the same thing. You know, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, both over 900 yards last year, as you mentioned, they split carries basically right down the middle. That's not going to be the case this year. Javante Williams will be the bell cow. Melvin Gordon, kind of that third down back, featured back role, uh, coming in to spell Williams when when necessary. And then they got Mike Boone, the third stringer behind those two. So I expect the Broncos to continue to, you know, run the football and establish the run. And it's not, it's not going to be airing it out completely, especially I think at the beginning of the season as, they're trying to still find their offensive identity and rhythm, especially considering no starters basically played in the preseason. So I'll be interested to see how that balance works here through these first few games, the run pass balance, the play action. But one thing's for certain, Javante Williams is the dude this year in the backfield. I'd be very surprised. I'd quite frankly be shocked if he didn't go over the 1,000-yard mark in his second season in Denver. We're talking to Kyle Newman from the Denver Post. Hey, Kyle, man. Um with all the expectation with this offense with Russell coming over, you cannot forget that this is there is a really good defense over there. To start this Monday night football game, do you expect the defense to set the tone, or do you expect them set, the coaches to say, look, Russell, you got the keys to the car. Let's open this thing up and see what happens. I think a little bit of both. I mean, but you're right, man. Like, this Broncos defense, especially with Russell coming to town and all the mania that he brings, I think they're a little underrated. I mean, you look at what they did in Vic Fangio's tenure. It was pretty good. It was pretty decent, especially last year. They ranked third in the NFL in points allowed per game. So you got a lot of pieces coming back from that defense, like Justin Simmons, like Kareem Jackson, anchoring the back end at the safety position. But you also got some new pieces that George Payton brought in. Kawan Williams, new nickelback coming in from San Francisco. Also coming over from San Francisco, DJ Jones who will be should be a force up front and guys i'm looking also for draymond jones to break out this year truly truly break out and then uh on the edges too you know randy gregory i'd be remiss if i didn't mention him as a huge free agent addition 
obviously was about to sign with the Cowboys. That fell through. Peyton and co. jumped on it. Now he's in orange and blue, opposite of Bradley Chubb. And I think the Broncos hope Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb can be what Bradley Chubb and Von Miller were for, they hoped for them to be, but injuries over the last few years pretty much derailed that combo. So Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, they, they've got to make some noise. And then, of course, Pat Sertan, he might be the Broncos' best overall player outside of Wilson, I'd say. I mean, he is a, the real deal, second year, and they've got all pro aspirations for him in year two. He is Kyle Newman of the Denver Post. We appreciate you joining us, man. You have a, a good night, and uh, we'll see what happens on Monday. Fellas, thanks a lot. All right, that was Kyle Newman. When we return, we'll talk to tight end Colby Parkinson. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. Now we are going to be joined by Seahawks tight end Colby Parkinson. Colby, what's up, man? Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we're doing well. You know, the first thing I noticed about you is you swole, bro. You put on some pounds, <laughs> man. <laughs> what was your, your off-season regimen like, man? Talk, tell me about the calories, the workout. You changed that body. Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, so I trained down in uh, Northern California with some of my buddies from Stanford. Uh, they're actually all O-linemen, so I was doing... Uh, some line, lineman lifts in the offseason, trying to put on a little bit of weight so I could uh, come back uh, ready to go for the season. Well, it's more than just the weight. I mean, you know, it's noticeable. People are talking about it. I mean, you're, you're cut. I mean, I'm sure your girlfriend is, is very happy with the transformation <laughs> that, that you've created. But, but tell us more about it. I mean, were you working? Was it the Seahawks from a nutrition standpoint? Were you eating special foods? I mean, how much did you just create calories in, in your diet? But give us some more specifics to that. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I've always had a very fast metabolism, um, so I have to eat a lot. So my diet usually consists of anything that I can find and eating it. Uh, <laughs> me, and my, uh, me and my buddies, the uh, O-linemen from Stanford, uh, we would meal prep and just anything we could find, uh, you know, somewhat healthy food, pretty healthy actually. Uh, but just a lot of intake was my, uh, my trick. And then uh, the, the lifts we were doing were, were pretty heavy and, uh, pretty volume, uh, a lot of volume in there too. So we were we were getting after it. It was a fun off season, and I got up, I got pretty heavy. I'm back down to about 260, but at one point in the off season, I was I was pushing 270. So the lifts were working. I, I remember my my third year uh, in the NFL, and I I went through that same kind of workout, and I, I got faster, no question. But more important, I was so much more confident going into the season because oh, yeah. I just felt like I was in a greatest shape. Are 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 you faster? And and obviously, it sounds like you're more confident going into the season because of it. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with both of those uh, statements. I feel like I'm, I'm the fastest I've ever been right now. Uh, and the confidence has definitely increased because I, I know I can hold my own out there, being a little bit heavier, a little bit stronger. Um, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm uh, established myself as being able to go out there and block well. So the extra weight has definitely helped with that. Colby, what I love about tight ends is that you guys are probably the most versatile guys out there. And I look at the three tight ends that we expect to see. It, you guys are different type of tight ends. You got you, the big right. guy, go, go up and get the rock out the air. You got Uncle Will Dis to do the dirty work. You got no offense, does a little bit of everything. Does the versatility in your play match the personalities? Are you guys different when it comes to your personalities as well? Uh, I think so. We're, we all get along great, but we definitely have bring a different dynamic to the room. Uh, Noah's been a great addition, uh, like you mentioned, uh, and I think our, our room is going to be pretty special this year. We all offer a little different things on the field, too, and I think uh, when we're all out there together, um, it can be a pretty fun uh, little dynamic between us. So fun dynamic. That means you can apply pressure on Noah Fent to grow that stash, right, that the tight ends are growing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we've been trying. We we have been trying, but he's, uh, he's been resisting. He's buying into Techno Thursday, though, which is great. Uh, we're visiting with Colby Parkinson, tied in for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you don't have to give me the game plan, but do hmm. you? Last year, you know, a lot of three wide receiver sets. Do you expect more two tight end sets in the game? Uh, again, you don't have to give me the game plan, but just going into the season. Um, yeah, I, I think that we'll uh, we'll try to mix it up a little bit. I think we'll uh, be able to marry some of the run and pass game stuff that we're doing, uh, and that can be 11, 12, um, really anything. Uh, I think that the entire playbook is up for us this year, and uh, I really like what Shane's been doing so far in, in camp and preseason, and excited to see it play out on Monday night. 
are, are the tight ends interchangeable, or do they have specific game plans for each one of you? I think we all can do anything that they ask us to do. You know, obviously we have different strengths, and uh, like you said, Will's a better blocker, and, and Noah's pretty dynamic, and I kind of fit in somewhere in between. Uh, but if, I don't think anyone's going to be worried if one of us is left out there on the field for a certain play. Uh, I think we've all proven that we can handle our own and take care of business. Colby, one of my favorite parts of training camp are the installs. So you kind of get to see where your offensive coordinator is going. When you first saw that install where they had two tight ends in the backfield serving as like blockers for the running back, did you get excited <laughs> or were you kind of questioning what's going on? No, I love it. I love changing things up and, and, and messing around with it. I think Shane's done a great job with that, um, you know, the creativity part and just trying to get any advantage that we can. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Russell Wilson's coming back into town on Monday. Um, Is that their quarterback? <laughs> yeah, that's their quarterback. And, look, it's going to be electric uh, on Monday. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. Russell's been, been, you know, he's been amazing for 10 years. And, you know, you lose him and the fans. It'll be interesting to see the reaction. But is it just another opening Monday night game? And, and how are you guys handling a bit of that distraction with Russell coming back into town? Yeah, obviously the, the fans are going to be pumped up. I think the stadium is going to be absolutely electric, like you said. It's going to be pretty fun to play. Uh, but to us, it's just another game. You know, Pete always talks about every single week is a championship week, and uh, every single game is a championship game. Um, and it doesn't matter who we're playing. There will obviously be a little extra um, talk throughout the week because we're playing Rouse and whatnot. Um, but to us, it doesn't, doesn't change anything. We're, we're going to prepare like we're going out there to win a Super Bowl. Colby, obviously a lot of talk has been about Russell Wilson, but what about your quarterback, Geno Smith? He's going to be under center for you guys. I mean, obviously on the outside looking in, we get to see what he brings to the table. Tell us something about Geno we might not know. Something you might not know about Geno. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that you might not know, but what I definitely know about him is that he's he's a stud. I mean, he's definitely taken um, – taking the reins and done a great job with it. And you guys saw it last year when he stepped in when Russ got hurt. Uh, I thought he did a great job. I thought we definitely could have won with him. There was just a few things that didn't go our way. And I'm excited for him this year. I think this is a great opportunity for him and a great opportunity for us to, to rally around him and show what we are as an offense. I'm going to ask a little bit because we've been talking about Russell. What is the, I mean, it's been tough because nobody plays really, you know, the starters uh, during preseason anymore, so you don't really know. they got a new coach and staff, but just tell us a little bit about their defense. You know, what, what kind of problems do they possess for you guys? Yeah, I mean, they run a very similar structure to what we run here, actually, uh, with the Vangio descent. Um, so uh, we've been going against our guys, obviously, all, ca all camp, and um, haven't been able to get a full tell on their personnel because of preseason, like you said, but Structure-wise, I think we're going to be very comfortable out there and I uh, can anticipate a lot of things that they're going to do. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, going out there and taking advantage of that since we've you know, been going against that all camp and preseason. Colby, this is uh, Shane Waldron's second year as the offensive coordinator. Um, do you kind of see where this office is going? Like the bigger picture, the end of the day, where Shane wants to take this offense, and do you like where it's headed? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm I fully believe in Shane as a, a play caller and um, from a scheme standpoint as well. Uh, and looking forward to uh, really getting year two running and um, see where we can take it. I think that there's uh, a lot of opportunities for us to um, prove that we are a lot better than what we showed last year. And I think he's the right guy to, to lead us. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun Sunday or Monday because uh, it's so so many young guys out there. We're not sure what to expect yet. So I'm gonna take you away from football. Um, look, you're a Stanford kid. Uh, my good friend Dave Wyman, Stanford guy. Stanford guys are always a little different at times to me. Um, I'm teasing. Uh, smart guys, but you're Northwest now. What what do you like to do away from football? What keeps you busy? Yeah, I've been loving living up here. Uh, I've always been an outdoors type of guy. So uh, the, the hikes around here, the views, the just the scenery that you get from uh, obviously the rain stuff, but the, the greenery that it produces is uh, pretty amazing. So uh, blessed to live in such a beautiful place and you know also play football. So when I get away from work, I'm able to just either you know go out with my dog, 
walk around and um, I live up up north a little bit so I go to some of the parks around here and um, yeah it's just spending time outdoors is what I like to do. All right he is Colby Parkinson tight in for the Seattle Seahawks getting ready for a big game on Monday. Colby appreciate you taking time out of your day. Absolutely thanks so much guys. God bless. Thanks God Colby. Bless. You know he's by the way he is my breakout player of the year breakout yeah, he i just look you just watch him look i think he has a skill set that's really unique anyways you can't teach height and you watch him run um i think it's just a matter of giving him that opportunity that that confidence but he is my guy that i go he could be a difference maker for us all right you heard it here paul moyer yeah endorsing him yeah hey guys come join us here on thursday nights where you'll have a chance to win gift cards from the bellevue collections dining district tonight they are giving away gift cards to duke seafood Daniels Boiler, and Tavern Har. We, take uh, them all. We'll take them all right now. So sign up. Make sure you guys are here, man. Come get some of this. All right, coming up next, there's some football going on tonight, Moya. So we will go around the NFL. That's right here on Hawks Live. Going around the NFL, man. Football is going down tonight. Thursday night football, Moya. Can, can, like, I'm you're give, more impressed by the sign look, behind us, The huh? Bellevue Collection, we're here in, in Bellevue Square Mall, right in the middle. Come out and see us. This is the best backdrop, the best <laughs> setting we've ever had. And, you know, yeah. And so you tweeted that stuff out. And I said, wow, that, that backdrop's unbelievable. Moore's just happy he got his name on, on the back on the backdrop it, right there. It is there. a little small. You know what I'm we, we may have to blow that font up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's go around the NFL, Moore. Okay. We got Thursday night football going down. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills are beating up Amen. on the Rams right now. Pull up your screen because my screen isn't working right now. I got they you. Well, beating, it's 24 to, 31 to 10. 31 to 10. The Bills are beating up on the Rams. The Bills defense has been the highlight, right? Are we standing or I'm going to stand? The, well, Bills, the Bills defense, right? That's yeah. been the highlight so far. Coming into this season, people are talking about Josh Allen, MVP candidate. They're talking about this Bills defense. They're saying, look, I've seen many people pick these guys to win the Super Bowl this year. And uh, the only team that I saw that might be able to beat them, honestly, preseason-wise, I'm looking at the, the Rams and saying, okay, these guys have enough talent that could – they could repeat. Hasn't happened in 15 years. I believe the New England Patriots were the last ones to do it. Ain't looking so good so far. You know, I, p part of me, it's, it's um, I don't know if it's perception. You, you, there's a, I talk about this book a lot called Blink, and it's just something you just, you, you see something, you trust your instincts. It was the way they celebrated their Super Bowl win, and it just the way they came into the season. They were giddy about winning the Super Bowl. It wasn't a a bond of blood, sweat, and tears and what we've accomplished and all the hard work. It was almost like they went to Disneyland. Okay. And I just go, I don't know if that's repeatable. You didn't see enough passion. No, I didn't. And look, you, they brought Bobby Wagner in. We love Bobby. I go, I just, I, I wanted to see how that would play out. Um, I didn't watch the, the whole game, you know, but, you know, he's leading in tackles again. Um but they've given up 31 points so far. They've given up 400 yards of offense, and we're still got nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Offensively, they've been held to 156 yards. Um, look, it's tough to repeat, and that emotion, you know, they may struggle at the beginning of the year. They, they have the talent to get it back, but this is an awesome start for the Seahawks. All right, so now let's focus on the NFC West specifically. Now, you got, obviously, we talked about the Rams, see if they can repeat. Something's going on in the Bay Area, them 49ers, right? Trey Lance is the starting quarterback now. They tried to ship off Jimmy Garoppolo. They were like, look, $25 million a year? I ain't taking that. No one's taking that. So they go, look, all right, Jimmy, come back. All right, we'll pay you $6 million a year. You can be our number two. What I think they're doing, Palmer, they're going to wait until halfway through the season. Guys get hurt. Guys get banged up. And then they're going to use them for trade bait. But it, it's kind of weird to have Jimmy just hanging around. You know, they even had him practicing on a different field at one point than Trey Lance. They wouldn't even let him near the guy, but he's on the squad. Well, the rumors is Trey wasn't real happy that Garoppolo came back. Would you be? Well, if I was confident in myself, and okay. I believed I was truly the number one. Okay. I'd be fine with it if I had a great relationship with him. Um, and, again, those are rumors, right? It's hearsay along the way. They brought Garoppolo back because they don't trust Lance yet. And they said, here, here's the deal. Uh, now, would I play for $7 million? No, but that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you play for three. Backup. You play for three. <laughs> yeah, I'd play, play, for, uh, play for a mill. Um, this is why, again, I, 
the NFC West is still wide open to me. The Rams, it's hard to repeat. Yeah. You know, emotionally, it's just hard. They, they've gotten older. Um, they're not deep because of their salary cap. So any of their starters that get injured, I mean, I think they've got an issue. I mean, their left tackle struggled tonight. Um, you know, we know they got Aaron Donald, who's amazing, and they got Cooper Cup, who's who's the best receiver in the league. Uh, you brought that up a couple years ago ahead Thank of you, everybody sir. else. Thank you, sir. Um, but now you got the 49ers who have talent. I mean, they have talent. They got a running game. They got unique wide receivers. They got a great defense. But they're in the same boat as so Think about this for a minute. If we had Trey Lance, would the Seahawks be thought of as a Super Bowl contender? No, but, but I don't 49ers think so. I don't think so. That is weird to me. Because they're proven. Oh, proven at what? They're proven on defense. They've proven yeah. they have an offensive scheme That's that fair. works. That's fair. And I feel like that offensive scheme fits a more mobile quarterback like Trey Lance. Their, their coach, Shanahan, is under 500 as a head coach with the 49ers. They've had one year. I don't know, man. I'm just not I've a I've had a couple. they had a couple. The well, last I'm two have been good. I, I'm, okay. Um, and then Arizona, we know Arizona. Yeah. I mean, Arizona, I don't know. Arizona could go 16-1, and one, or they could go 6-11. and 11. Uh, You know, so I just think it's all over the board. I think the Hawks can just stay in it early because I think it's going to be a battle at the beginning just to get this team rolling. Um, the schedule's tough. We play the AFC West, the NFC West. Man, it's a tough schedule. But I, I just, I don't know. I just think we're going to be better than people think. All right, let's go outside the NFC West now. The matchup I'm looking forward to watching the most, other than, of course, the Monday Night Football Showdown, would have to be, to me, yeah. The Browns versus the Panthers. I'm all about drama. Really? I'm all about the drama, man. That's drama. You know, you got you got Baker Mayfield coming back. He had a quote that slipped. He said he's going to do something in particular to his former team. And uh, I just like the drama. Deshaun Watt, you know, what, what's, yeah. Joby, what's Jacoby going to look like? What's that offense going to look like? You still got Nick Chubb over there. You look at the Panthers and their offense. They got DJ Moore, uh, Christian McCaffrey having shin issues. If you picked him on your fantasy team, Good luck. Hold on to him. He's he's been off for for a little bit. I just like the drama, and and I really want to see Ken Baker Mayfield go somewhere else and produce. Yeah, two lousy organizations playing against each other in the opener. <laughs> but I I agree. It is a good drama. It's kind of like Russell Wilson coming back. The one thing about the NFL, man, they know how to create yes, the atmosphere, man. It's, it, there's that's there's nothing like it out there. It's why they dominate in ratings, and everybody can't wait for football to come back. Um, yeah, I think it's just a wide-open year. I mean, Tampa Bay, we don't know what's going to go on there. I mean, Tom Brady's missed camp. I mean, who knows what that whole situation is. They're older as well. I mean, they lose Gronk. I think defensively they still have a pretty good nucleus. And with Tom Brady, you never count that out. But you just look at the NFC, NFC right now. I mean, Tampa Bay to me is a question mark. We're looking at the Rams just getting annihilated yeah. at home. I mean, that's... That says something to me, yeah. right? And, again, I, the rest of the West that I talked about, I don't think there's just a major player out there. Uh, and that's why I think this, this year is going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, it's going to be fun. Another matchup I'm looking at right now, Moyer. Which one? Raiders versus the Chargers. Uh, that's going to be a goal. I want to see Devontae Adams in this offense. You got uh, Darren Waller over there at tight end. You got Hunter Riffro in the slot down there. You got Josh Jacobs in the backfield. I mean, you look at the Raiders on paper, they look like one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Well, we'll find out. You know, you, you think of three examples here. Um, we'll find out, is it Devontae Adams or was it Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> right. And I, I, look, I think Devontae Adams is, is amazing. But you're going to find you can be amazing with an amazing quarterback. You can be just really good when you don't. And I, I look, I think Carr is very good as well. Aaron Rodgers is another stratosphere. I think about when Tom Brady left. Was it Tom or was it Belichick? Uh, guess what? It was it was Tom. And now we're going to find out Monday night. Was it the offensive line, all the sacks, or was it Russell Wilson? And uh, I. We're going to find out. I'm not even going to comment on that. Lots of questions will be answered, and when we return, we'll be joined by the number nine pick in the draft this year, Charles Cross. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Now we are joined by the number nine pick in all the land, Charles Cross. Give it up one time for Charles Cross. <laughs> Charles, so the first thing I ask you, I go, oh, you, you live around here? He goes, yeah, I walked over. After Monday night, you're gonna be able to walk nowhere, man. <laughs> you're right. gonna you're gonna gonna make a name for yourself. How excited are you to, to get out there and just play some ball, man? I'm very excited. Um, first game of the season. Um, I'm just ready to go out there and play. 
Is it going to be weird? I mean, look, you guys had one preseason game here, and I, I don't know how much you guys have talked about it. And I, we had uh, Kobe Parkinson on earlier and said, I didn't know, know if you know, but Russell Wilson's coming back into town. Um, it is going to be electric. Uh, you know, it, it might even be loud when you guys are on offense. Did, did they kind of prepared you for the noise, even in your home stadium? Yeah, I definitely feel like we prepared for that. Um, I'm just going to take it all in, be in the moment, and just take it play by play. Man, he played in the SEC. Well, you know, they got 90,000 every game. Well, remember, we had Paul Allen design the stadium, so <laughs> it, it reverberates the pretty good noise here. <laughs> so what what's your um, what was training camp like for you? Because, you know, in, in college, you get after it in, in, in camp. You know what I mean? In the league, it's a bit different. Was it refreshing? Did you want to do more? What was the, the whole feel in training camp? Um, the training camp feel was pretty good. Um, just coming in every day, just trying to get better and better, improve my technique. Um, just to find myself as a player. Was there anybody that um, you kind of gravitated towards when you first got there? Did, were all the rookies like kind of together during rookie camp and then once the vets came in, you kind of went your own ways or how did that work? I feel like we still played pretty close as a rookie group. Um, as the vets and stuff came in, um, just getting, getting to know them and connect with them, um, learn from them. It was just a great experience overall. You know, it's pretty well known the Seahawks were looking for an offensive tackle going into the draft. It just when the draft started, did, did you high expectation the Seahawks would be the one, or do you think you're going to get picked up even a little bit higher? Um, to be honest, I only talked to the Seahawks probably like two times throughout the whole draft process. But uh, I'm excited that I'm here. I'm excited and blessed to be here. So I want to share something with you all and, and, and share this too. You negotiated your own contract. Is that true as a rookie? That's correct. Because, look, Bobby Wagner's done it. Richard Sherman's done it. Uh, we had Russell Okun uh, as well. But these guys were veterans. Share how that happened. I mean, who did anybody help you with the negotiation? Yeah, I did have some help by uh, my business manager, St. Omni, um, and Lifeline Management. They've been a huge, like, contributor to me, the, me to contributor to me. Um, negotiate my own contract. Um, they helped me throughout the process, and we figured it out. It w- was it uh, was it intimidating to you? I mean, obviously you didn't do anything like that in college, but uh, I think you're your business major, right, uh, in college as well? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure that was something you wanted to do, but was it intimidating trying to negotiate with, you know, I mean, I'm figuring you're talking with John Schneider and people? It really wasn't too intimidating, um, so... The it's our the once you get drafted it's already slotted so it would just come down to to figuring out how I was gonna get the like the signing bonus and payments and stuff like that. Do you think that's something that we're gonna see more of? Because y'all you guys are the new generation, you know what I'm saying? You guys are doing different things like negotiating your own contracts. Do you feel like as the years go by we're gonna see more guys coming out of college doing that? I definitely feel like they should. I hope so. Well, what are the advantages you think of, of negotiating your own your own contract? Uh, you get to learn in the process, uh, and you get to save money in the long run. Those were two of my biggest pros of why I did it. Right, say that three percent. Age of getting that three percent. Yeah, I don't it's remember. Probably what, more now. I don't remember what the number is. <laughs> well, they used to have a cap to it. Does the NFL PA help you with that information? Also, are they are they a, a partner at all when you go into those negotiations? They did reach out uh, and try to help me uh, throughout the the negotiation process. But it was simple, so it was really, it was really easy to do. I think that is so impressive. I mean, again, business major, left hacker, you got to be smart anyways. But, you know, it just gets you immediately, you're involved in your finances, you know, in your investments, you know, in your own career. So, you know, again, well, well done. That's impressive. What do you say, so coming out of Mississippi State, Mike Leach was your head coach, right? Correct. He was the head coach at my alma mater, WSU, trying to change the game for us. And they love to throw the ball. So coming out, people are like, man, how is Charles going to do in the run game? I mean, obviously, Leach runs the ball, too. But um, when you heard that kind of stuff, did you put a chip on your shoulder and say, I'm going to prove these dudes wrong, or I'm just, I'm going to just do me, and I, I know I could do whatever this offense asked me to do? Uh, definitely just come in and do whatever the, the offense asked me to do. I'll just prove myself right. Like, prove it to myself. I'm not proving to anybody else. So what What was it like your first? Now it's a preseason game, but it's still an official game. You put on the jersey. What was that first snap like? You remember the play? You guys ran your first snap? Um, I think it was a run play. Run play. There we go. Two, you are away from <laughs> they me. They don't run. I think, no, it was, I think it was towards me. I'm not too sure. Okay. Felt good, though. It felt good. There we go. It felt good. Yep. All right, share a little bit about Mike Leach. I mean, we, we know him from the Northwest, and mm-hmm. everybody liked him. But just when he got there, and what was that experience like? It was definitely different. Um, coach Leach definitely a character. He's not an average coach. He's different. 
this like <laughs> the best way I can describe him. He he doesn't he does his own thing. Does he talk? I mean, and then you got Pete Carroll, who's you know he's he's going to pump you up every second you can. What, what's just the little differences between those two? Uh, I feel like I feel like Coach Carroll brings a lot of energy, uh, and that energy runs through like the whole team, through the coach staff, and everybody feels it. And it just it's a great it's a great atmosphere to be around. Man, you know, I, I'm sorry, I, it is pretty amazing. I, mean, I was just talking. Look, we're going to have two starting rookie tackles this week. I mean, there's probably really not a team in the NFL would do that, except for Pete, because he lets lets you guys compete. Just share what he talks to you guys about, just preparing you both for this first game. Oh, uh, really? Just it's an effort thing, competing, um, and finishing. Like just finishing, competing. Those like top three things. Man, I love one thing I miss about football is just being in a huddle with dudes, right? After you make a player, even after stuff ain't going right, when you're when when you've been in the huddle during this preseason, what's what's Gino like? Is he assertive? Is he laid back? He seems like a laid back type of dude. What's he like? Gino is a he's a very even keel type person. Uh, he doesn't let anything phase him. And uh, so now, and now you get to block for a rookie running back as well. You got Ken Walker. Once he gets healthy, um, he's going to be out there. You got Rashad Penny. Ha- what does it feel like knowing that, all right, man, we got zone right coming. I got some guys behind me who, who can get me four, five, six yards off the rip. I'm excited to see him. Um, I'm excited to do well, hit the holes, score a touchdown, celebrate with him. I'm excited for that. There we go. What, what has been the biggest change? I mean, coming from Leach's offense, were you, you were usually in a two-point stance, right? You guys were rarely with, in a three-point stance with a hand down, right? Right. Where now you, you will be a little bit more. What's the biggest change, just, you know, where you came from, what you have to do uh, here in the NFL? I'm just learning how to be uncomfortable. Be comfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and just taking it from there and continue to improve and improve each day. Well, you are, look, look, pass protection, it makes, you you make it look really easy. I mean, you're a rookie and you you watch them, you're going to be unbelievably impressed. We we got a left tackle here for a long time, that's for sure. But tell me about the game. You had some, you know, uh, legal procedures. Just what was that about and what did Pete tell you about correcting some of those things? Oh, they're talking about I can't do that. Can't do that in a regular season game. Um, It's mistakes. Uh, you learn from, and you not you try not to make them again. Yep, all the learning process. Yeah. Uh, tell me about mom and dad, man. I mean, what are they like? How how proud are you are are they of you right now being up here living out your dream, man? I mean, you're you're living a dream that I feel like most dads in this mall right now uh, would want to do. How's the family and how are they during this whole process? Uh, throughout the whole process, they was just so excited. They was just happy to see me achieve what I wanted to achieve, and. Um, they just they just showed me so much support throughout the whole way. Any brothers or sisters? I have an older brother and an older sister. Older brother. Oh, you're the baby. Yeah, I'm the baby. That's what's up. Did, <laughs> did your uh, your brother or sister play any sports? My my brother did. He played JUCO football. All right. What about his sister didn't play any sports? I don't think she played did, any sports. Did you play any other sports? So I played I played basketball, football. I did powerlifting, and I did the field. I did track and field, like the shot putting disc. So your, your letterman got, got patches everywhere is what you're saying. Yeah. Right, there we go. <laughs> okay, every, every NFL team we've been on, every guy thinks they can play basketball. This guy can play basketball. And he was a two-time state champion went back in Mississippi. Is that where we got Sweet Feet from? Um, they actually came from Mississippi State. Uh, one of the trainers, Melissa, she used to call me Sweet Feet all the time. It just stuck with me. How good a basketball player were you in high school? I read up some of your stats, but you were a small power forward. I'm imagining, how tall are you, 6'4"? I'm like 6'5". Six 6'5", five. Six five. I mean, that's kind of a shooting guard nowadays. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking the transition to play college basketball, maybe that wasn't it. But how good were you in high school? Be, and be, be, you can be boastful here. Well, I feel like I, feel like I was a great player. I, had, I, I, really didn't, I really didn't like have too many assists or anything, but like, Almost every game, I had like a double double. So like, I was getting, I was getting buckets. Okay, <laughs> what, what, what? Can you shoot? Because uh, I mean, I know Tyler Lockett thinks he's probably the best shooter on the team right now, right? I'm alright. I'm alright at shooting. It's not, it's not one of my best strengths. But I'm gonna I'm I'm score points like either way it goes. Like I'm gonna give you my, see that body. He's in the he's no. In the look, paint, I, baby. I was just I was letting him dictate that. <laughs> All right, so we get a, a two on two matchup, uh, and it can only be with the guys on uh, the Seahawks. Who you picking as your partner? Will Disney. Really, Uncle yeah. Will. So you guys are just gonna you're gonna mow people down he, here. He's a real shooter though. Really, like, he's a real shooter. Okay. Scrappy football players. I I love seeing football players on the basketball court, man. We we do it a bit different. Ain't no fouls neither. 
It's like 21. Is that what you guys call it out here in 21? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State, man, you guys got dudes in the league. Is there um, – do you guys have any of them reached out to you once you uh, you got drafted? Yeah, a lot of guys reached out to me. Um, just being there for me or, like, if I had, like, any questions or, like, any concerns, like – knowledge has he blessed you with? Uh, Walter Jones is a very intelligent person. Uh, not just not just football, but life in general. Um Too much, too much info. Yeah, I, I gotta start. I gotta start talking. <laughs> I gotta start talking to him. Yep. Sure. He's uh, look. I mean, if, definitely top two. You know, I think all time uh, in the world. But uh, okay, you haven't had that much chance yet to see the sights, right? You guys have been in training camp. You're gonna find out pretty soon. The twelves are pretty fanatic. You're gonna have a hard time walking around town because they're gonna recognize you. But have you got a chance to do anything that you like doing away from football out here? Also. Uh, the only thing I really did was uh, just go out to eat, really. Try different food spots, try different food. That's really it. Okay, so I know you're a seafood lover, but seafood's different here than in Mississippi. It's true. Have you found anything here you like? Um, so I like clam chowder. They turned me on to clam chowder when I first got here, and ever since then, like, that's like my go-to. That clam chowder. Yeah, that clam they got chowder. Dukes right over here, and they make the. <laughs> I've been there before. They, it, well, yes, you bet you have. They make some great clam chowder. Big up Dukes for the clam chowders, and big up Charles Cross for spending time with us. Clap it up one time for the number nine pick. Appreciate you, man. All right, when we return, we'll talk about just the season. We'll give you a preview. That's coming up next, right here on Hawks Live. Make sure you get out to Bellevue Collection Dining District. Lots of great restaurants to choose from. Today, we had our pregame show meal at the Central Bar Restaurant. I had them steak tacos, Moyer. You know what they were? What? Fire. That, they... mean, that means good, Moyer. That means good. Well, All right, Moyer. I'm, I know I'm old. When we were talking earlier <laughs> with Charles Cross, you guys were talking about Madden and 2K, or is it, is it what it is? Yeah, 2K, 2K basketball. 2K. And I'm talking about Mario Kart with Nintendo with my kids. So <laughs> hey, it's all good. There, there's an agent. But yeah, I want to thank uh, the Brazens for having us over there at uh, the Central Bar and Grill. And uh, what did I have? And Paul had the, had the Buddhist salad. It had great, great whiskey there. Yep. And they also have great cocktails like the Mi Corazon. My just, wife is Latin, so you know, I know how to say that. that. My life is Mi Corazon, you know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> I would have butchered that. All right, man, let's get back to the Seahawks, though. All right, how are we going to measure success in 2022? All right, you, I don't think you can look at the wins and the losses. You're going to look at wins and losses. That's natural, right? Especially on Monday, you want these guys to come out and get a W. Um, but to me, I'm looking at progress. Um, offensively, I'll talk about the offense, what I want to see from the offense. I want to see this offense look a bit more dynamic. Losing D. Eskridge last year hurt this team more than I think people think. They think D. Eskridge. Man, he's been hurt all the time. What does he mean to this offense? To me, he means he's a jet sweep guy, a legit jet sweep guy, a guy who can stretch the field vertically. He's got some wiggle to the game. I look at all the receivers on this team, and I don't see any receivers that move the way that D. Eskridge does. So I'm looking to see him. I'm looking to see Penny Hart. We know what we're going to get out of um, DK Lockett, and if Rashad Penny stays healthy, we know what we're going to see there. I'm looking to see how Shane Waldron, builds week by week off of things that he puts on film because as you know Moyer off offensively you come in with a game plan one week and you add a little bit the next week you add a little bit the next week if your team can handle it so offensively man I want to see how this thing blossoms and how it grows yeah I don't yeah I I want us to be competitive um, and the reason why I'm not putting wins on it I just we have so many young players going going in this. We have a new quarterback. Our offense is going to look different. Not that the play calls are going to be that much different. Um, I think last year we had to play, and you're right, I think we missed, look, to me we've missed Doug Baldwin yeah. on third downs. We have not been the same because that spot, that, and he, he's kind of like Cooper Cup. I mean, you really can't get him off the line. You can't jam him. He's going to beat you off the line. He's going to get separation, and that's an easy throw for a first down for five, six, seven, eight yards. Um, I, I think we're going to have more too tight in offense. Mm -hmm. um, I think they would have liked to have done more than that last year, but, you know, again, I think Russell was like, I, I want to push the ball more downfield, and there was times when we needed to go three tight in offense because we were usually in second and long or third and long from some sacks. So I don't know if the play call are necessarily going to be different. I think the way we execute them will be. I think you will see more checkdowns. If Gino's in trouble or if he feels heat, there's going to be options for him. And look, the, the, the good and the bad with Russell was 
the bad was he would take some sacks at times. The good was he could extend a play and hit DK Metcalf on a deep, you know, improvised play. So I'm excited to see what Shane's offense is going to do with a quarterback that can work a little bit more in the middle of the field. It, it won't be probably as exciting, but I think it'll be exciting if the chains are moving and yeah. we're actually scoring and, and keeping possession. We're gonna, I believe we're going to be a really good football team running the ball. Um, I like our offensive line, but we're young. We got, what, three new people uh, on our offensive line. Will we be better? Um, I, I think we have more talent on the offensive line. We got massive talent on defense. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, right? Right. So success for me is huge improvement on defense, huge, right? I mean, I want to be a top 15 defense. That would be massive success. And I want to be the, the best running team in the NFL. Let's do it, Moyer. Okay. <laughs> Let's do all of that. Okay. Defensively, how do we measure success? Me, I'm looking for a pass rusher to have double-digit sacks. When was the last time that happened? Was it Frank Clark? Um, Frank Clark, my, I know Carlos Dunlap had eight and a half we, we sacks. We got a producer over there. Could probably look that one up. Yeah, um, I, I, wanna, I think it's Frank Clark. Last Seahawks have double-digit double sacks, and I want someone other than Quandre Diggs to have three plus picks. Last year it was uh, DJ. Oh, the corner DJ Reed. DJ Reed had had two interceptions. Now he's with the New York Jets. Um, Quandre Diggs had five interceptions the past what four seasons. Um, I, I need this this secondary to, to produce some some turnovers. I I could pick a hundred ways it will be better on defense this yeah. year. First of all, it's just purely and I I don't like to put too much credit with coaches because you got to have players to win. Right. But you know again this isn't a knock on Ken Norton. I mean he just he had a way of running his defense but you know a pass defense was not his strength and we've got some coaches now that i believe it is we're going to be more aggressive i mean coach hurt talks about it all the time i've never heard a coach say we're going to be less aggressive but we're going to be more aggressive in coverage yeah um i think we'll have better pressure because we're going to have guys look we got some guys who come off the edge you know i mean for sure daryl taylor He's probably going to be your double-digit guy, but I think you're going to see Jamal Adams have a bigger impact this year in the, in the pass rush because you're not going to know where he's coming from. There was a couple plays in practice I watched when Jamal Adams was in, the, uh, in during practice when he came back, and they had motioned, I think it was either a tight end or a wide receiver, and the backers actually bumped out when they... Uh, motioned across the formation mm -hmm. and Jamal was sitting in the middle of the field. Yes, I and saw that. Let me tell you what, can he read a run game? He beat both the guard and the center who were trying to cut him off. They couldn't do it. And he made about a three yard play in the backfield. And it's a, that's what he brings to the game. He brings that kind of explosiveness and now mix in him coming off the edge or even up the middle in some pass rush situations, which we're going to be able to do with him because we got backers who could actually drop. So they're not going to know, or at least they're going to have less, I guess, they'll, they'll have less opportunities to know who's coming on a blitz. So I, we're going to be massively improved on defense. All right, I'm with you when it comes to the changes on defense, using Jamal correctly or in a way that um, highlights his attributes, what he's best at. But now let's focus on these rookies, man, because this was one of the best drafts I've seen from the Seahawks in a long time. So my question, um, and I'll give you my answer as well, is who will be the most impactful rookie this season? We got Charles Cross, Boya Mafe, Ken Walker, Abe Lucas, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Willen, Bo Melton, and Derek Young. Me personally, I'm going to go with... Boye. I really think Boye yeah, will be the most impactful. Now, he'll be the most impactful that the average fan will be able to recognize, right? Because you can look at that offensive line, and the only time you're really pointing out offensive linemen is when they're doing something wrong, right? You never, it's hardly, I hardly watch a game with my boys or, or my text thread, and someone says, you see that block by Charles Cross? Did you see this? No, they focus on the negative with that old line. So me, I'm going to go with Boye Mafe. I love the rawness in his game. He started playing football, I think, like 10th grade or something like that. Um, and there, that's a gift and a curse, right? The, the gift is, or the curse is that you don't have experience, right? You haven't had thousands of snaps like a lot of these guys have had. The, the gift is that you're going to do exactly what you're told because that's all you know, right? You don't have, you haven't been coached up by three or four different position coaches who have three or four different ways of doing things. And that's how we shine at the senior bowl. Someone asked them, they go, you know, how are you able to come out here and, and shine against the best guys in the country? He goes, I just did what I was told to do. You know, and he has the ability just to go out there and execute what guys are asking him to do. So I like Boye Mafe. 
He is that might be a steal in the draft, and he was electric even in preseason and practices. He's got he's got that. Dar- oh, I mean, him and Daryl Taylor at some point are going to be they're they're going to be on the field together. You know, going after the uh, the passer. I, I don't know. Originally, I was going to go with Kenneth Walker. Um, he's hurt, so you know he's probably not going to have quite the opportunity. And I think the way DJ Dallas played uh, in preseason, it's going to be hard to get just enough carries between him and Penny and everybody to make a huge impact. Cross, you're going to love him. We are going to love He's better than, to me, Dwayne Brown already in pass protection because wow. Dwayne took a little bit of a step back mm-hmm. the last couple of years, even though Dwayne was still a very good player. But Charles, pass protection, he makes it look unbelievable easy. I just, you know, how do you rate that impact? You know, Tyreek Woolen, that could be interesting. Because if you play him on the right side, it reminds me a little bit of, of Browner when we first did that and said, hey, I just want you to play inside technique, force the guys to the sideline, make them try and throw the ball over you. They're going to have a – it's going to be almost impossible because of his speed and his length. I mean, you have to change the trajectory of a throw. On a deep ball, when you have a guy who's 6'4", with that kind of wingspan, you have to throw a dime that drops from the sky to get that in. Um, that is – there, people are going to shy away from that. So that'll be interesting. I'm going to go with. God, it's tough. I it's think tough. there's so many of them out it's there. Tough. But I'm going to go with Charles Cross. Okay. I, I just think he uh, he's better than I thought he was going to be. And I thought he was going to be pretty good. And uh, we just had him on the show. I mean, he's, he's so endearing. He's kind of want to hug the guy. You know, <laughs> I want to put my arms around him and let him know he's going to be amazing because he's going to be amazing. All right. We're going to need these rookies to perform to help the team out this year. Okay. When we return, it's time to talk that talk. This is when we pick out a couple of topics and we go head to head. Will Russell Wilson win an MVP with the Broncos? The Lance, Trey Lance experiment in San Fran. Is that going to work? We'll touch on that and other things. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. We got football coming up on Monday. Yeah. All right. Seahawks versus the Broncos. This is the most anticipated game of the year by far. I mean, you had the Bills and the Rams tonight. All right. Good game. I mentioned the Panthers and the uh, the Browns. All right. Good game. But the NFL knows what they're doing when it comes to scheduling games. And they said, oh, yeah, Russell, you want out? Okay. Where'd you go? All right. Let's set that up and make it a prime time game. And uh, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking forward to because it, there's so much unknown. It's like, what's Russell Wilson going to look like? You know, he, he's this is his offense. He's going to be able to do whatever he wants to do. What's Geno going to look like? People are, are doubting Geno. You know, oh, he's not he's not Russell. He don't need to be Russell. There's talent around him. So I'm just interested how this whole thing plays out and which side of the ball leads the charge coming out the gate. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of simple. I mean, we just have to do what we're expected to do really well. You know, so we, we have to be able to run the football exceptional. We can't put ourselves in tough situations. I mean, it's always a turnover game, so that we got to win that battle. And then defensively, I'm just really curious. I I think we can shut Russell down a bit. Um, what does that mean? Uh, just not give up the big play. Make him do something he doesn't want to do. Now, at the same time, look, this is like a girlfriend who broke up with you, and you go, God, she better be dating an ugly dude, right? I mean, it, he, better, he better not be better looking than me. And I just don't want it to look better than it's looked in the past. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's I think we shut him down, but I, when I'm nervous because we're playing a 3-4 defense, we got to be really good against the run because they do have a good running game. I don't think it's better than ours, you know, at least last year. Uh, so those are the big ones. Uh, we got so many weapons offensively. As you mentioned with Geno, I just take what they give you. You know, you got Noah Fant. We got we talked about Cody, Kobe Bark Parkinson. Um, you know, we've obviously D, D, DK and, and Tyler. And don't forget the running backs. I mean, there's so many weapons for him to use. And I think our offensive line is going to be pretty good. But we. We can't put this on our quarterback. We Every other guy on this team has to play his best football. And I don't know what to expect. I don't know how good Denver's going to be. I don't know how good we're going to be. But I'm excited to see what we do. This is why we don't know how good Denver's going to be. We didn't see Russell out there not no. one time during the preseason, which was um, interesting to me because I thought that he would want to get out there and play with these guys during a live situation and then defensively for the Seahawks we didn't see all the dogs out there no. we didn't see Quandre we didn't see Jamal we didn't see, we didn't see Jordan at all we saw Cody a little bit uh, we saw Chen a little bit but the guys that you were talking about up the middle uh, we didn't see a lot of those guys so and then one of the concerns with the Seahawks was their tackling right and then I had to remind people like 
All right, well, this is a preseason game. Lots of twos and threes out there. The guys that you're going to rely on to make these tackles haven't been getting a lot of these reps, so let's wait and see what happens. But that's the beauty of week one, especially in this situation. You got former Broncos over here with the Seahawks now and Noah Finn and, and Shelby Harris and Drew Locke we're probably not going to see. And then you have the greatest quarterback the Hawks have ever seen um, with the Broncos. So there's just... It's just chaos, right? Pre-game chaos. I'm interested to see if the crowd, how loud they boo or cheer for Russell Wilson. Does Russell even acknowledge the crowd? You know what I mean? Like there's little things within the game that I want to see play out. Yeah, it's, I think it would be fun. And you're right about the tackling. Uh, I remember going to a Laker game when I was a kid. And I was watching the Lakers and the, and the other team in warm-ups. My dad goes, who do you think is going to win? And I'm watching the Lakers, and they're just bricking everything. You know, just warm-ups. I go, I go, the other team, Dad, there's no way. I mean, we can't make a shot. I goes, son, all the starters are just sitting behind right now. The backups are throwing. And they, they're not, you're right, they're not making them. And that's kind of like preseason. I yeah. mean, it was who were the guys that were missing tackles. And, you know, one of them was Marquise Blair, and he's not here anymore. So yeah. the Seahawks aren't messing around. Um, I, again, I, we have talent. I just... Can we bring it together, the, that opener? Denver's in the same boat. I mean, they got they don't know what to expect. They, they have higher expectations because of Russell Wilson. But I think we know his kryptonite, right? I mean, mm. we know his Achilles heel. And I think you've got to force him to do things that he's uncomfortable with. And that's dink and dunk. And I think we're going to be able to get some pressure on him because I, I think we got some dogs that can get after him. Clint Hurt, first official game as a defensive coordinator. He got his beak wet a little bit, you know, with the preseason. Uh, but nothing like calling a game where it really matters, right? Defensively, during a preseason game, you can get beat, and his coach, you know, will be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fix that. Now you get beat defensively on Monday Night Football. Man, that headset might want to come off. You might want to slam it down. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see how he conducts himself and adjusts throughout a football game. I, I think he's going to be fine. He, he's, he's confident in himself, and knows what he wants i didn't know he i knew he was a good coach i just didn't know he knew as much about pass defense and his philosophy along the way um I, i'm gonna throw an unsung hero in this game i i think has a chance to be really interesting for us when we get in third down and passing situations we're gonna have some edge rushers we know one of them is gonna be daryl taylor uh you know be a couple other guys you know along the way we'll see if uh a boy uh, is actually gets some playing time too but you put the two inside guys Give me Puna Ford mm. and put me Miles Adams. Yes. Miles Adams is my unsung hero. I like he, that. He had the best preseason of anybody, by to me, a long shot, both in the run game. But, man, he's got some wiggle in the pass game. Yeah. And so that's something we've kind of missed is that up-the-middle pressure. And so now we got some dogs coming from the outside. I'm going to use dogs a bunch because oh. we have them. I mean, you can't, we, we're not even talking about Jamal Adams yet. We're not even talking about Brooks. Jordan, man, Jordan can play. Um, so I, I, I'm excited to see what we do defensively. Me too. And I'm excited, man. That was the first episode of Hawks Live week one. My guy, Paul Myers. Special thanks to Colby Parkinson, Charles Cross, and Kyle Newman for joining the show. Our onboard operator, Brady Robick, our executive producer, is Nasser Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Monday night starting at 2 p.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bones with Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.